from Ringler, this is Ringler Radio, a podcast where we keep you current on the latest news from the settlement industry, updates on nationwide litigation, trends in the legal and insurance industries, and everything in between. Ringler has been helping injured people and their families since 1975. So when it comes to objective settlement solutions, the consultants at Ringler are your go-to experts. Hello, Ringler Radio fans. Welcome to another episode of Ringler Radio. I'm your host, Matt Ross. Who loves a good story? Well, I sure do. And stories can provide a window into a lesson learned, comedic relief, or a profound life truth. Our guest today is Jeff Klugerman, a Ringler Settlement Consultant from the Sunshine State of Florida. For today's episode, Jeff shares the good and the not-so-good outcomes from cases he's been involved with. His stories provide some valuable feedback for injured parties and attorneys when working in the settlement world. Let's listen in. Jeff Klugerman, thanks for joining us. Welcome to Ringler Radio. Thanks for having me, man. I'm glad to be so here. So today's podcast episode is about plaintiff or claimant stories. And we thought you would be a great guest because of who you are and what you do within the structured settlement world. And I was hoping you can quickly tell our audience, well, who you are and what you do. So again, Jeff Klugerman, I'm here from uh, Fort Lauderdale. I've been in settlement planning since 1994. And I come from the financial services side. So I was a New York Life career agent. And uh, I had many clients that were attorneys that we did their personal insurance for. And uh, I was approached by one of my clients and asked me if I could do a structured settlement. Since during the settlement process, they were being uh, presented New York Life uh, annuities for structured settlements. And that's how I got my entree into the business. So you made a a hard transition into the structured settlement world, and you have done hundreds of cases a year since then, seen a ton of different scenarios. And I'd love to glean some insight and from your experience to share maybe some of those stories with our audience as a positive outcome, maybe a cautionary tale, to really understand some things that people need to consider when they go through this process, because it can be complicated. So what, what story would you like to start with to, uh, as we go on this journey together? So one of the first uh, things that come to my mind, I had a claim, uh, claimant, uh, it was a minor, and uh, they settled for a considerable amount of money. And the mother, who happened to be an attorney, uh, wanted to do a periodic payment structured settlement for her son. Mm-hmm. And she knows the process. And... Uh, we ended up doing a uh, structured settlement for a little less than half of the money that she got, that they got. And uh, over the year, uh, she took the other money and invested in some other financial vehicles. And over the year, Mm -hmm. uh, those financial vehicles uh, were not doing as well as she had hoped. And she felt terrible. She was the person who was the... Fiduciary, so to speak, for her son's money, and she felt terrible about it. Uh, So the emotion comes in, and because it's not her money, uh, it's her son's, and she called me up uh, frantic saying, how is my structured settlement doing? And I said, don't worry. Everything is good with your structured settlement. As you remember, 
It's a fixed product. Uh, we discussed this and reminded her why we did it and how it works and that it was a fixed product and the financial markets are not affecting your structured settlement. And she felt much better mm. about it. And then after she uh, was settled down a little bit, her last comment to me was, I wish I would have structured more money. So there's, oh, wow. a, uh, you know, so uh, I, I, I felt bad for her because she felt bad uh, of what was happening to her child's money. That, that you know, such a reassuring conversation, I think, to be able to feel like you can have with someone to say, don't worry, it's good. That, that's got to feel good to say. And, and of course, what parent doesn't want to ensure that their kid has the best potential outcome of the fiduciary decision that they made uh, later on? I'm wondering if this feeling of uh, security that you can provide, I, you get to tell that to every one of your clients when they check in, right? I mean, it's, right. it's, it's a guaranteed stream. That's, right. You could take that to the bank. And, and that's one of the things we have to remind them. We remind them why they did it, and we go back to the original mm-hmm. reason. And once you explain to them why they made that decision, they feel much better about it. Right, right. Okay, so that that seemed like a positive example of, of, of how you work and what you've been able to provide folks. Now, I'm wondering if there are scenarios where, where outcomes maybe didn't transpire as expected. You had the best of intentions. You set up a plan, but you know, for whatever reason, things change. Um, we'll call it cautionary tale. Uh, so what, what, what story comes to mind when, when I put it into that framework? So I had a, a, another case where a gentleman received uh, approximately $4 million from a settlement. And wow, he uh, made a decision to only structure or to structure $1 million of his $4 million, And he had other plans for his remaining $3 million. And uh, he went and invested his money in the, uh, the various investments that he thought were appropriate. And then about 18 uh-huh. months later, called me and said, hey, is there a way I can get my $1 million that I structured? And he explained to me why. And I said, you know, unfortunately, you can't. And your million dollars that you had structured starts paying out in about another eight months. And I felt bad for the gentleman. And I said, Uh you should just wait eight months and reminded him why we did the structured settlement and why it was fixed. And it was for day, it was there for days that possibly could happen. What just happened to his other money. And at the end of the, uh, uh, the conversation, he decided that I guess I will wait. Uh, although he didn't feel great because he lost his other money. But that was a tale that <laughs> right. did not end yeah. up well for this gentleman. And albeit uh, it was uh, not a good situation for him, but we were help, you know, we were there. And I felt good about it because we were there for his safety net. For when he did get in trouble, we were there to bail him out in the eight months. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, having that foresight to kind of set a plan in motion to, frankly, you were saving this person from themselves. Uh, there was clearly, uh, the money has been spent in the mind of this individual prior to the settlement, probably finalizing and, you know, to have the foresight to at least set aside 25% of it, that clearly was a good hedge because, um, it doesn't sound like that, that turned out too well for him. No, 
Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Jeff, I'm going to pivot here and move into maybe talking about talk, to working with the parties when the you're almost at the finish line. You know, I can imagine these claimants or plaintiffs, they've they've been through a, a, ter- a terrible experience. They're just trying to become whole and they're almost at the end of the settlement process. And they, that big lump sum of money is staring at them right in the face and they're ready to take it. Um, but you are there to talk through maybe delaying gratification for later. So how do you keep folks eye on the prize, so to speak, of creating a settlement solution that they can be comfortable with, but also ensure that their future financial needs are taken care of? I tend to focus on the need. The plaintiff attorneys, the defense attorney, the adjusters, the other stakeholders are there trying to come up with an amount of money. And I try to focus on the need. And here's an example. Uh, In a worker's comp claim, um, perhaps the person is really not hearing anything about the money, but they want to know how their care or medication is going to be paid for. And Mm. my job is sometimes to help the claimant feel more comfortable if I could show them a way that by them getting a systematic amount of money or utilizing some other tools that we have to show them what their actual costs are going to be, makes them feel more comfortable about settling their claim. So then now they can focus on whether it's a good settlement or not from a financial standpoint and take the emotion out of it because we satisfied whatever their needs going to be from a medical or a uh, uh, obligation standpoint to help pay for those things. Yeah, you're basically, you're set in your ways in getting the same doctors, the same prescriptions, the same process. You know, you get accustomed to that in a workers' comp claim, but then you're going to offer me settlement and that takes me out of what I've known for so long. Uh, That can be unnerving. Correct. And, you know, on the flip side, sometimes uh, there are people who, are more aggressive and they only want to know what the number is because Mm. they've spent their money already. So we have to then explain to them, maybe they've spent it, but there's another system of payments or lump sums over a period of time to help solve that same obligation or that same goal that they have for their current money. And, and as opposed to, pay it all at one time, maybe do it over a period of time. So we try to Mm -hmm. help explain to them to make them feel more comfortable uh, with their decision, not only from a monetary standpoint, but make them focus on what their need is, whether it's a medical or a uh, a goal uh, with their money. Is it it fair to say that sometimes cases settle uh, outside of just the dollar amount? And something that may be more intrinsically valued rather than just the total lump sum that's coming? A hundred percent. So I had a case where uh, it was against a a carrier and there was a a, a policy limit and the client wanted the policy limit. And his attorney said, my client wants the policy limit. So I got to talking to the gentleman and I found out what his goals were. And I went to the attorney and I said, this is what his goals were. Perhaps that's why he needs the policy limit. 
I then went mm. and showed him another option to achieve his goal, albeit not using the whole policy limit, but using some money and periodic payments over a period of time. And the goal was satisfied by another option, which now helped mm. the client claim it, come off of maybe being unrealistic, according to his attorney, and was helped satisfy that he can now take maybe not the policy limit and still achieve his goal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you've given us a lot to think about um, through the stories that you've told. And as we close today, I would hope you can share one more maybe piece of wisdom uh, with our audience about a common situation you come across that would be important for the injured party or a plaintiff or claimant attorney to know about based upon your experience? Well, the one thing I've learned is uh, everyone we meet has a different story in a situation and we don't know what that is. And mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the preconceived, uh, ec, uh, I don't know, the pre preconceived notion of saying my client or the person doesn't want to do periodic payments sometimes um, is not always what it appears to be. And so mm. what I always try to tell uh, attorneys is that present options. And if you present options, sometimes uh, it's an option that we may not have thought that was a good option, but it ends up being a good option. So educate, educate, and educate the clients based on all their options and let them make a decision. Excellent. Jeff, thank you very much for being here today. We appreciate you sharing your insights and your stories. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Before we go, if you're a fan of Ringler Radio, be sure to like and subscribe to the show on all the major podcast platforms and follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook. We'd also like to thank our Ringler Radio sponsors, American General Life Company, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, Prudential, and USAA. For more information about working with a settlement consultant, contact your local Ringler consultant by locating them at www.ringlerassociates.com. Ringler Radio is a production of Ringler Associates. All of the opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not represent any legal, tax, or financial advice from Ringler Associates. For more information about how to work with Ringler, visit www.ringlerassociates.com.